Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, and so many more. Just download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. All a part of the Brawl Network, brought to you here by Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, tax-efficient retirement planning. Go with Brian today. He's on LinkedIn and Facebook and online at advisors.massmutual.com. Your financial future is secure with Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual, New York State. A tip of the cap thank you as well to Hides of Liverpool, Camilla's Golf Club, the Vincent Guerra Consulting Group, and our great friends at Axe Exotic Pets. If you live in and around central New York or you're visiting family and friends, stop in for those special exotic pets. They've got turtles and snakes, you name it, and jumbo-sized aquariums for all of your exotic pets as well. Axe Exotic Pets is also on Facebook and a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Super pleased to bring somebody onto the program who's a part of the Brawl Network. He is covering uh, the SEC and uh, the NFL, does a host of different podcasts. We're getting ready for the NFL draft. He's a, a, a great evaluator of some talent as well. You can get him on Twitter at PJordanSEC. That's at PJordan. SEC. We're going to also talk about the future of uh, Alabama, how long can Saban and the Crimson Tide keep it going, all of that and more with Philip Jordan here on the ML Sports Platter. Philip, how are you, bud? I'm doing good, doing good. I appreciate uh, you having me on the show today. No doubt. I, I'm, I want to start with Alabama because obviously, you know, what, what's what's been said has been said. I mean, you, it, it's very difficult to add superlatives to what they've done, accomplished, Nick Saban, etc. Losing assistance, he still is on top. The consistency, the championships, uh, the dominance. But, but my question is, how long is this going to go? As long as he wants to. I, the way it's looking, the way it's going now. I mean, and that's the thing with him. You're in here, you know, people have talked about, oh, he lost to Sarkeesian. Okay, let's bring Bill O'Brien in. And Doug Marone's going to be your office line coach. Mickey's bringing in guys because he's bringing in high-quality coaches when he loses them because he's bringing in guys that were former head coaches in the NFL or office coordinators or head coaches in college. Uh, they're all really good coaches that, you know, kind of, you know, things went against them or yeah. some struggles, the reason they lost their jobs, he brings them in. The running joke down here is Nick Saban runs head coaching rehab. Basically, <laughs> yeah. he rehabilitates head coaches, and uh, boom, they go somewhere else. Yeah, he just took uh, my he just took my boy Doug Marone in for an uh, offensive line coach. I love it. Yeah, I mean that that hire there really jumped out. I mean, actually, more Bill O'Brien, and I'll say this: not a lot of people, especially you know NFL fans, if they're listening to this, they hear those two names, and well, those guys, you know struggled at the end, but I'll say this. I think Bill O'Brien, the head coach, is good. Bill O'Brien, the uh, general manager, was the problem in Houston. That Because he did win some divisions in the AFC South with some very, very mediocre quarterbacks before Deshaun Watson showed up. 
And let's not forget, Doug Marone was a fourth quarter away from getting Blake Bortles to the Super Bowl. No doubt. With Jacksonville. No doubt. So those are, two, those are two really good coaches. But, you know, with Nick Saban, that's what he does. Yeah, he loses coordinators. He brings other guys in. And he just it's, it's the Nick Saban process. You hear Nick Saban talk about the process all the time. He's going to bring the right people into his program. Uh, he's not going. He has not made any mistakes so far with that. Uh, even Lane Kiffin was a success uh, there as the office coordinator when he was there. So it's just it's just all part of process, part of his program. Well, and you would think at seven years old, you would think, okay, it's got to get close to the end. But he, he looks so energized yeah. right now, especially after this past season with everything going on. I, I honestly, until he just decides he doesn't want to do it anymore, that's when I, I see the Alabama dynasty ending. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. You're right on both accounts with Marone and O'Brien. I, I actually, you know, I, I think the head coach and O'Brien was was pretty good too. The GM part, head coach, not so good. It's just too much to handle. Um, and you wonder. I mean, maybe he just needs even less in a head coaching position to just kind of hit the reset button a little bit. But I followed Marone his whole career. I mean, I covered him when he was a head coach at Syracuse. I'm a couple hours away from Buffalo. He, you know, he got them to a nine and seven season. He reestablished the NFL pipeline from Syracuse to uh, to the pros. And um, he's got a very very good head on his shoulders. And he's he's a character guy. He builds he builds players. He cares about players. He develops. And I, I just think I think that's going to be a nice little addition. And, and frankly. Philip, it doesn't matter because Nick Saban could just bring you in, right? And you, <laughs> you'd, you'd be great under that umbrella uh, as well. What does the LSU football program look like going forward? It's going to be a big year, twenty twenty one, for Ed Orgeron because obviously what happened this past season, going five and five after you know the national championship, and they lost a lot of guys. I mean, they did. I mean, but at a program at LSU, in my opinion, you should not have to rebuild; you should reload. Because one in that state versus, you know, you know, kind of talk about Alabama. Alabama does have to compete against Auburn. And Auburn's one of the top 15 all-time programs in college football. You look at the wins and, you know, everything behind that program. But LSU, they should dominate that state. I mean, they should have that state on lockdown. Nobody should be able to come in, in Louisiana to get players. But he made a bad decision with the Bo Pelini hire. Uh, Bo Pelini showed as a defense coordinator the game had passed him by. Uh, and he was not able to make adjustments. And trust me, LSU – Yes, inexperienced, but there's talent on that team. That defense should have been better than it was what we saw this past season. So now he's bringing us new coordinators. Uh, all of them have ties to the previous coordinators, Dave Aranda, uh, the, the new defense coordinator there. He worked under him. The new office coordinator worked under Joe Brady in Carolina this past year. So he's. I feel like they're kind of trying to dip back into the, the magic well that was 2019 but these are guys he's bringing in that are not really experienced as play callers, so that's going to be interesting. But I will say this. Offense was not an issue last year. Defense was. If that defense is just average and they can bring the offense production from this past year for next season, LSU should be – I'm not going to say they're an SEC West contender, but they definitely are a team you can see could win nine or ten games. They're going to have a quarterback competition. That's going to be a big thing going into the spring and into next fall. You've got Miles Brennan, who played well the first three games, but he got hurt 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. He threw a little over 1,000 yards in those three games. He was not the reason why they were one and two in the third, first three. And you've got a Max Johnson, son of Brad Johnson, Super Bowl winning quarterback. The mm-hmm. first time Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl. He played really well the last two games, beating Florida, not Florida out of the national championship pitcher, and beat Ole Miss. Once again, the defense struggled, but he played really well in those games. He's a freshman. 
uh, this past year. And so was T.J. Finley. He had some struggles with some turnovers, but that's another player. So LSU is probably going to have a three-man quarterback battle coming into the spring and fall. But whoever decides, I think it'll be Brennan or Johnson. I don't think Finley would win the job if, you know, talked to here in February. But that's going to be a big thing, too, I think, for people. You want to keep an eye on LSU, keep an eye on that quarterback competition because it might be the most intriguing one in the entire Southeastern Conference. Philip Jordan, our guest, ML Sports Platter at PJordan, SEC. Make sure you give him a follow uh, on the uh, on the Twitter handle and, of course, the talking SEC pod uh, here uh, as we move forward. NFL Draft, I'm just going to give you the stage. You know, Take it away however you want to go with it. Um, you know, SEC players across the board always are going to shine. Plenty will be taken uh, in the first round, of course. Um, you know, go wherever you want with it. You know, players who are no doubters, uh, guys we're waiting on like Jamar Chase, uh, take us through maybe what you think in Mac Jones uh, and, and some of the other Alabama guys. Um, you know, go go wherever you want, State of the Union here, NFL Draft, as it pertains to the conference you cover. You know, talk about Alabama players. Mac Jones is intriguing to me because I've seen him place in so many different spots and so many different mock drafts. I saw one the other day. It may be CBS Sports. I may be wrong, but I did see one where they had him going fourth ahead of Justin Fields. I've seen others where he's a little further back late first. I'm intrigued by him, and it's the same thing, honestly, with two and out. Mac Jones is not the level talent, next generation talent like a two is, but I'll say this about these Alabama quarterbacks. They're playing with better receivers in college than they are when they get to the NFL with who they have. But Matt Jones, that, that's an intriguing one. I like Matt Jones a lot, and I said this on my show. I thought the Alabama offense operated better with Matt Jones as quarterback versus Tua, and I say that because Matt Jones is a more patient passer. Hmm. He's more willing to drop the ball off to a Najee Harris. Uh, and Najee Harris is the one I'll be looking forward to see where he goes to in the draft. But Matt Jones, like I said, he's more patient, willing to go to, you know, to drop the ball off to the running back. Tua was impatient at times. He wants to hit the deep shot all the time, which, you know, you can't blame him when you've got, you know, Waddle, Smith, you had Judy and Ruggs, you know, when he was there. But uh, Matt Jones is a very patient player. He's not going to make mistakes, but he's not very mobile. He doesn't like to run. So that's kind of, I guess, a knock on him. But when it comes to a pure pocket passer, I think he's really good. And, and you know, getting the right system in the NFL, he, he could be very successful. Najee Harris is one to me. I think whoever drafts him, wherever he goes, that team is getting a top player, in my opinion. Najee Harris, everybody knows he's a tremendous running back. But what I really appreciate about his game is, I just mentioned it, he's a very good weapon out of the backfield, which in NFL, I believe your running back needs to be more than just a running back. And he is really, really good in pass protection, which is obviously everybody knows it falls in the NFL. That's a big deal with running backs. So, yeah, I can make all these yards. Can you protect quarterback? especially if you've got a franchise-level quarterback there. And then, you know, Alabama receivers, I'm intrigued who goes first. Is, is it Waddle with that injury? Coming to the season this past year, you would say Waddle would have been the first over Smith. But I really like Devontae Smith. He's route running. Uh, I know this comparison has been made a lot, but he does remind me, as like a lot of people, of like a Marvin Harrison, just the way he's able to, to run routes. Um, you know, when you look at – the rest of the conference, Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I was about to say Kyle Trask, but Kyle Pitts at Florida tight end. Uh, who's going to go get him? You know, who's going to grab him? He, to me, he's the best tight end out there. Um, and, you know, just looking over, around the conference, those are kind of some guys, you know, we, that we saw uh, 
in those in those big games at the end, especially for Alabama and Florida. And I also say this, uh, Kadarius Tony from Florida, wide receiver. Mm. He is a guy. I'm not saying he's he's not as fast as Tyreek Hill, but he's also a guy that teams in NFL the way a lot of teams are now using the college style offense. He's a guy you can put all over the field like Florida. Did. You can put him at running back at times. You, know, you might even run a little quarterback option with him every now and then. And then at receiver, then he's a kick returner. He can be a punt returner. He's the kind of guy I look at, you know, coming out of Florida. He's another guy you say, okay, he can just, you can put him anywhere. He can be a great asset for any of these teams that draft him, particularly if he was able to go late in the first round and he got on a contender. Yeah, no doubt, and I'm staring right at number 29 on that one for Tony. If he could go into a Matt LaFleur offense, make Aaron Rodgers smile and not uh, hit the bottle on draft night this year, uh, he, he could be a great fit there and and perhaps uh, you know put the clamp on Rodgers at the end of the year should they fail again to get to the, uh, to the Super Bowl. It's interesting, in addition to hosting the ML Sports Platter, I host the Bills Brawl uh, on, the, on the Brawl Network, and Phillip there are a few areas of need for the Bills. I mean, they were one win away from the Super Bowl, but we know how this goes. You hit the reset button, you've got the salary cap situation. They might have to cut a bunch of players in order to sign maybe a Matt Milano long term. You got to pay Josh Allen, and on down the line it goes. Welcome to the offseason, Brandon Bean. One one area of major need, I think most Bills media people would say, and football experts is. They need a corner opposite of Trey White. They'd really like to get a guy there, and they want to stay young there. In other words, don't go get Richard Sherman. Don't bring back Josh Norman. Go get somebody in the draft who could be a bona fide difference maker. Now, Brandon Bean is aggressive, and so for my crossover listeners, if they were to trade up, let's say, and and again, this is all a crapshoot, but if they could trade up and get a J.C. Horn, a corner out of South Carolina, or another corner... um, you know, who maybe you have your eyes on, who would the Bills be getting? I know Campbell out of Georgia is a guy that, that, that people are looking at as well. What about the corners in the SEC as it pertains to maybe the Bills going out and getting one of those guys? Look, I, I, you brought J.C. Horn, and that's a player, you know, when you asked me about some players in SEC that could, you know, you could look out for the draft, it slipped my mind, but when you brought them up, I remember when they played Auburn, because look, I cover Auburn from last word on college football. And he bodied. He went one-on-one with Seth Williams. Yep. Now, Seth Williams is probably a guy coming into this past year, so maybe he could have a big year. He could be a first-round, second-round receiver. He might be third-round. We'll see how that goes. But Seth Williams is a tremendous athlete at wide receiver, really good receiver. The Auburn offense held him back. And people know this, the previous talking season, let me go off on the Gus Malzahn uh, failures at offense with his receivers. But – in that game, he had a couple of interceptions, some big plays against Bo Nix. But what he did against Seth Williams, Seth Williams until maybe a couple of short passes where he just made something out of nothing, Seth Williams was held in check in that game. And South Carolina upset Auburn in that game because South Carolina, was, they were not a good team this past year. That's why Will Muschamp got fired. So, J.C. Horn, if, if the Buffalo Bills pick him up, I think you've got somebody right there because he's proven – he can go up against an NFL quality wide receiver and hold his own. So that would be a great pickup for Buffalo that they would get J.C. Horn. All right, final thing for you here, Philip, and it's been terrific to talk some football uh, with you. Give my listeners an idea of all the places they can get you, uh, how long you've been at it, um, you know, the timeline, you know, where you're from, H- however you want to kind of shrink it into a almost a short little bio uh, past and present here for, for people uh, from my side to come over and, and, and have a listen to you. 
Well, if everybody wants to check out Talking SEC, which uh, that is on every podcast platform uh, there's out there. Uh, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just wherever you get your podcast. Uh, and I come at you uh, during off-season once a week. Dinner season is uh, twice a week, but I hope that you know, we have set up. We'll be part of the Brawl Network with that show, so keep an eye out on that. Uh, for me, you mentioned at the top, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. And just a little bit on me, I've been at uh, podcasting for a few years. Uh, I used to be uh, a host of a Saturday morning show. We had, used to have a ESPN affiliate down in Dothan. We don't have one anymore. It was called Sideline Reviews. So I've done some radio hosting as well. And also now in Dothan on uh, 96.9 The Legend. I do high school football where I'm in-studio host and producer. I host a high school football podcast uh, for them as well. Produce the coaches show. Do a replay of the, the Friday Night Football broadcast. It'll kind of, uh, it's like a podcast form on that as well. So just, uh, just do all kinds of things. And also have a NFL-related podcast. If everybody wants to hear my NFL takes uh, called uh, The Cover 2. Uh, you can find um, that on all your favorite podcast platforms as well. Super. High school, college, uh, NFL, all over the board here. Philip Jordan, uh, our guest on the ML Sports Platter, at P Jordan SEC on Twitter, and man, you're right in the heavy hotbed of all of it because uh, football is religion <laughs> where you are with the high yes. school scene, the SEC. It's one thing that I, unfortunately, in my media career have not gotten out to a lot of uh, you know, football stadiums uh, and, and college hoops venues on the road cover in Syracuse even as well. Uh, would love to be able to go down and, and, and see at least an SEC game in one of those great venues and uh, a high school game along the way as well. But this was terrific, Philip. I'll definitely have you back uh, down the line. Continued success and stay in touch, man. All right, thank you. Thanks again for having me. Hey, guys, we're using Poshmark, and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. No one tries to be unsafe online, but during the holidays when you give up info and privacy, you may give up safety too. Accept cookies to get holiday cookies? Okay! Norton 360 with LifeLock helps keep your digital world merry and bright with device security, a VPN for privacy, identity theft protection, and more. No one can prevent all identity theft, but everyone can opt in to cyber safety. Visit Norton.com news and save 25% or more off your first year of Norton 360 with LifeLock. Let's bring in the second guest to the ML Sports Platter on this episode. By the way, Philip Jordan was fantastic talking some SEC. Thrilled to bring on a guy who had a tremendous, tremendous NHL career. He was a captain through the years uh, for the New York Rangers and played for the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. Uh, just a really, really good career, a, a hard-nosed hockey player, uh, a guy who was respected in the game for a long, long time, and uh, of course, the 13 seasons in the NHL, it feels like just yesterday watching him play, he served as captain of the Rangers from 2011 until he was traded to the Lightning in 2014, and he's represented the United States in Olympic and international play. Let's bring in the native of Rochester, New York, Ryan Callahan. Ryan, Mike Lindsley, welcome. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. What What is it like to be captain 
of the New York Rangers. You know, the Garden, New York, the Limelight. I mean, what's that like? What's that life like? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's hard to, to put into words, um, you know, exactly how much that meant to me and how much it, it still means to me to, to be able to wear the C for that organization. Um, obviously, original six team. And as you said, I mean, it's the New York Rangers, the Garden, everything that goes with it. Um, I'm just extremely proud to, to do it. Uh, proud and honored. Obviously, it came with a lot of responsibilities, but um, you know, at, at the same time, that's that's something that uh, you know is probably one of the highlights of, of my career is being able to be able to wear the C on that sweater. So it's not something I took lightly, and I took a lot of pride in it. So you play, you know, obviously a, a, a bunch of years with the Rangers, and and, and you play with Tampa. Um, and you go back to that day, March 5th, 2014, right? The, the Lightning, they trade Marty St. Louis and a second-round draft pick uh, from 15 to the Rangers in exchange for you uh, and some other picks as well. Uh, when you found out about that deal, what went through your head and, and, and what were you feeling? Yeah, I mean, leading up to it, obviously, there's a, a full year of contract negotiations and going through that. Um, so leading up to that day, uh, kind of the writing was on the wall that, you know, something might happen. I Obviously, I wanted to stay in New York. We we agreed on a, a term, but unfortunately, I couldn't get a no move or a, a no trade with that term. And uh, having a young family and everything else, I, I really wanted that security. So um, we couldn't reach an agreement at that point. And I mean, that day was, was tough. I mean, you, you knew the writing was on the wall, but at the same time when, you know, slots, you know, told me that I was being traded, it still hit me with a lot of shock. And, uh, you know, to be honest, disappointment. I wanted to be in New York, and um, a lot of emotions run through your head. Um, going back to what you're talking about, wearing the C there, that was part of it. Um, a lot of friends there. Um, you know, I kind of grew up in New York, so it's uh, a lot of emotions run through your head, but... Very quickly, I had, to, I had to turn the page. I mean, I found out at 2, I was on a flight at 7.30 and, and on my way to Tampa to play the next night. So it, uh, it was a whirlwind of, you know, 48 hours. And, um, you know, to Tampa's credit and their organization, uh, as soon as I got there, they made that feel like home and, and they treated me like gold and um, made that transition, um, you know, a lot easier than than it could have been. You know, it could have been a lot worse, but uh, they made it uh, They made it easy on me. You know, Ryan, it's easy to say, well, hockey in the South. Well, I mean, I mean, come on, how much can they really care about it, right? You've got the beach, you've got boats, you've got golf, you've got all these different things. Ryan, I live in central New York, and you know the Syracuse Crunch, they're now the AHL affiliate, and Tampa is a major, it's a hockey hotbed. That's all there is to it. I know it's easy to say now that they've won a Stanley Cup and they've been there knocking on the door part of that during year years as well. But people don't realize nationally, whether it's in hockey or, or not, people who don't follow sports or whatever, that's a hockey market right now, right? I mean, that's a big-time place. Yeah, it is. And when I got traded there, I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't know that. You know, I, you go in there and you, you have your sold-out you know, buildings and when New York would go there. And there'd be a lot of Ranger fans there, obviously. Some uh, some people who, who, you know, originally are from New York who've transported down to, to Tampa. So you see all the Rangers fans there. Um you know when we'd go down there and play Tampa, so I didn't I didn't know much about that market or, or what it's uh, what it was about. But I found out pretty quickly um, and how much that community and, and the fans support their team. It's it's actually it's remarkable. Um, you know some of those long playoff runs we went on when I was there. The the amount of support in that city and that community is just awesome. And it, it is it's a it's a hockey hotbed. I mean they, they are so passionate about the the Tampa Bay Lightning and. 
think a lot of it has to do with their owner, Jeff Vinnick, who, who does a ton in the community. Um, their outreach program is second to none, and I think that has a lot to do with it. But uh, there's no question that uh, Tampa Bay loves their bolts, and I, I found that out pretty quickly once I got there. You know, you hockey guys amaze me. I think you're the best athletes on the planet. I've always felt that way. And you're the toughest, and you were a man alive. I mean, having an, an, an appendectomy during the 15 playoffs, you missed Game 6, I believe, against Montreal because of the procedure. Then after that, you returned for Game 1 of the East Final against your former team, the Rangers. Can't imagine the emotions there. You eventually beat the Rangers in an epic seven-game series, which I, I watched every second of that. And then, um, you know, you, you go and lose to a, a really, really good Blackhawk team. Was that the defining moment slash run, you in a lightning uniform, where you were like, wow, not only am I here, not only is this franchise now my new home, I beat my former team, went through the emotions, we almost got a Stanley Cup, but you could also feel Tampa Bay, we're knocking on this door so many times, this franchise eventually is going to win this thing, and, and, and I know that they did it without you know you there just recently, but you had to feel it then that this franchise was going to do some really big things. Yeah, and I'll be honest, going back to when I got traded there, I found out pretty quickly the amount of talent they had in their organization that I, I really didn't know about. Um, and that's part of the, one of the main reasons why I wanted to sign back there. Uh, after going through what I went through in New York and everything else, the trade, I thought for sure I was going to go to free agency. You know, I've made it this far. I'm going to go to free agency, see the market, see what's out there. But once I got to Tampa and saw the direction they were going and, and how close they were to uh, you know, competing for a Stanley Cup, and obviously a lot of other things went into it, but I was like, I want to be a part of this, and as you said, to be able that first year, we had an unbelievable regular season, um, you know, through the playoffs, and then obviously beating the Rangers, and probably one of the best series I've been a part of, um, just going back and forth, and two very evenly matched teams, and um, the emotions for me to, to go into a Game 7 at the Garden, uh, Conference Finals, and you know the history of, of the Rangers, and Game sevens at the Gardens that they don't lose, and I was part of a lot of those game sevens at the Gardens that we that mm-hmm. we won. Um, you know, so just the emotions there to, to win win that and knowing that you're going to the Stanley Cup Finals was was absolutely tremendous. And as you said, we we played a very good Chicago team. I thought the series was evenly matched, and they came up on top. But you could tell that we had we had an opportunity to to put something together. We we ended up going to two more conference finals. Um, you know, obviously don't get the job done in those two, but. Uh, leaving that team last year, I, I, I mean, I knew how close they were. I mean, it's a bounce here, a bounce there. Um, someone yeah. not getting injured, you know, that away from winning a Stanley Cup. So to see them put it together last year and the run they went on in the bubble um, was absolutely tremendous. I mean, just everything came together for them. I don't, you know, watching those series, I know it probably felt closer when you were playing in them, but just watching them, I was like, no one's going to touch this team right now. They, they were just playing so good. and. Um, I was just so happy to see those guys that I went to battle with for all those years get so close to winning, you know, finally win that ultimate, uh, the ultimate goal and, and, and win. So I was, I was really happy for him. Yeah, former Ranger, former Lightning star Ryan Callahan with us. ML Sports Platter brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group. Just a couple of more for you here, Ryan. I mean, you know the last few years, I mean, the names, it's endless. It's so endless that you forget about a young player coming up to Tampa, right? You could, like, list eight guys and you forget one. You know, Sorelli and Gord and Johnson and Braden Point and all the players, you know, Palat, Matthew Joseph now, this Volkov kid looks ridiculous. You've got Saranac. I mean, all these different players, Vasilevsky and Goal, um, you know, who have come up through, and I'm sure I forgot three or four. Um, 
what what young guy came up and, and, and you were just like what what the hell are we dealing with yeah and yeah by the way Kucherov I know is is one guy in there as well I left him out because he didn't play probably as many games in the in the in the AHL as some of the others but w- was he the guy was it somebody else who who came up you know early when you were with the Lightning through the couple of years where you were like dude's on a different level man yeah I mean as you said <laughs> it's, it's amazing guys. isn't it yeah, yeah. The, the organization has just done an absolute tremendous job you know, drafting uh, some trades for an acquisition trade with LA um, and the Bishop deal. So, I mean, there's the, the way they've built that team is, is absolutely tremendous. But you know, to point out one or one or two guys, I mean, I think one guy that that really sticks out to me, and I know he didn't play a ton in the A, was, was uh, or played all in the A was Point. I mean, coming into that yeah. camp, I know there wasn't, you know, just talking to coaches and everybody else, there wasn't a lot of expectations for him to even to make the team out of camp. They knew he had a shot at it, but um, right away in camp, you could just see how talented he was, and then he started developing that, that first year, and you just see signs of, you know, pure stardom, and the way he does it um, with his speed, um, he doesn't have the hardest shot in the world, but he finds a way to put it in, and um, he could dish, uh, and he's so good defensively as well, so, I mean, you, you saw in the playoffs last year, the couple games he was out, that team looked completely different. Yeah. You know, I think he's probably the most important guy on that team, to be honest with you. And that's a lot to say with guys like Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman, um, you know, on that team. I think Point is the one that, that is, a, a, you know, the big key on that uh, that lineup. And, um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Anthony Sorelli as well. Um, there's a guy who played in the A, um, who, who came up. And I think with him, it wasn't right away you could see it, but... You just saw his game developing and growing, and um, you know now he's in the conversation for the Selkie. So it's uh, you know it's impressive the way they've they've built that team, and with the cap era and the way it is, you you have to yep. I mean, to be competitive year in and year out. You have to draft well. You have to pick up some free agencies, free agents like Gord. Um, you know that step in that no one's expecting. That's undrafted. Um, and to make a difference, and, and some late round picks as well as you know Palat was. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot to do with their general manager and Steve Eisenman, and now you know Julian Breezeball and obviously their scouting staff. So they've uh, they've definitely built a powerhouse there, and it looks like they're continuing year after year to be able to plug guys in and, and making a difference, which is which is hard to do in this league. Ryan, why is Rochester, New York, an underrated underrated hockey market, hockey city? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I grew up here, obviously, and. Um, Hockey's everything here. Obviously, you have the Rochester Americans here, the AHL team of the Buffalo Sabres, which is only an hour away. But um, obviously, the, the winters are cold and snowy, and you know a lot of people spend their times at the rinks. Uh, there's hockey rinks that have all over the place here. Um, you know, I could probably name six or seven of them within a 30-mile radius. So it's uh, it's just a place where I think that you know youth hockey has really developed, even when I was young. Um, and then you had guys like Jason Bonsignor, Brian Gianza, uh, Marty Reasoner, not far from here, um, you know, make it to the NHL. And, you know, when you got local guys making it to the NHL, I think it, you know, just shows that the kids from this area that it's possible and they can do it. And, and that's how the game grows. So we've had a really, really a lot of great youth programs here and, um, you know, and this continues to grow. So it's, uh, it's a great place to live. That's why we came back here. Uh, my wife's from here. I'm from here. So, uh, you know, this is home for us, and we always knew when the career was over that we'd be back here in Rochester. How often do you think about 2010 and the Winter Olympics in Vancouver just coming up a little bit short? It, does it bother yeah. you? 
be honest, at this point, it doesn't bother me that we didn't win gold. Um, it took me a while to, yeah. to even appreciate the silver medal. God, what a game, um, though, huh? Oh. It, was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, that was probably, <laughs> you talk about oh. in the Stanley Cup Finals, I think, was probably my, my greatest experience just being a part of that. But oh. um, the whole experience in Vancouver was just tremendous. Uh, the way they put that on there, uh, my family was there, and mm-hmm. just the atmosphere around the Olympics and I don't know if you've ever had a chance to, you know, be at a city when they're going on, but oh. it's it was it, it was second to none, and like you said, what a, what a game and what a chance. And um, but now, I mean, you know, not too many people can say they have a silver medal, so now I I appreciate it. And I think the biggest thing now is being able to show my kids an Olympic medal. You know, so sure, yeah, uh, very very blessed to be able to to be on that team originally, and then uh, obviously to win the win the silver. Speed, size, youth, skill set. I, I've, you know, I never played the game. I, if I put skates on, I'd fall on my ass. Um, but I love the game. I've covered the game forever. I'm 41 now, and you know, I go back to being a fan, a little kid in the 80s. I went to the old odd in Buffalo. I've been to, yep. I've probably been to more professional hockey games working and as a fan uh, than any other sport for what whatever reason it's been. Um, I don't ever remember the game this good. Do you? I mean, you know, towards the end of your career, I mean, the, you look at these guys, the size, the speed, the skill set, the youth. I mean, Ryan, the, the game is really good right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I haven't. And I can see it towards the maybe last four or five years of my career, the game kind of transitioning into this speed skill game. And um, even when I, I remember getting to Tampa with a lot of the young guys there and talented guys there, just the amount of skill they have and the kids coming to the league now with what they can do with the puck and, you know, how they can skate. And it's it's, it's mind-blowing, you know. That, yeah. that wasn't around when I first got into the league. And um, I think the game is at a best place it's been. Um, it's exciting to watch, as you said, the speed, uh, the skill level, the excitement. Um, you know, I think it's in a great, great spot. And um, I'll tell you what, I enjoy watching hockey now. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's, yeah. It's, you know, it's entertaining. Yeah, wait till we get the fans back and we get back to normal. It's going to be incredible. Finally, uh, I want you to, to take a minute or however long to – you know, highlight the Ryan Callahan Foundation, uh, right? And that I, I assume that's still going on and going strong. People can donate somewhere, Ryan? Yes, it is. And uh, it's uh, ryancallahanfoundation.org is the, is the website. Um, and basically what it is is, um, you know, pediatric cancer patients. We, we got into it early in Tampa. Um, you know, my wife's family was affected by it when she was young. Um, meeting kids throughout my careers. It's something that me and my wife were both very passionate about. And when we got to Tampa, we wanted to, to do something and start something. And, um, you know, we put together the Ryan Callahan Foundation. And right now we are helping out families financially. Um, you know, originally we were sending a lot of a lot of vacations. And with COVID going on right now, that's, mm. that's not possible. But, um, you know, just because, you know, the, the COVID's going on, cancer's not stopping. And, and these families are in need and, and they need financial support, emotional support. Um, so we're helping pay bills. We're helping pay mortgages. We're helping, you know, gas bills. Um, you name it, we're, we're helping. So um, something that we, we were very passionate about and we've helped a lot of families, met a lot of great kids. And um, and we're continuing to do it. It's, it's I, I take a lot of pride in it. And um Probably what I'm most proud of in my career is starting this foundation and helping families out. So, uh, RyanCallahanFoundation.org is where you can help. Um, learn more about the organi- about what we're doing. Uh, a lot of information on there, and, and obviously you can donate too if uh, if you're able to. So, um, 
yeah, it's uh, it's a great, great program. That's awesome. Hey, I recently heard you with the Spitting Chicklets guys, man. They, they took it easy on you, Ryan, in that episode. Man, it's... <laughs> yeah, they did. You know, you never know with those guys. So it's, uh, but no, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, they're, yeah. and, you know, as, as you know, they have, they have a lot of good time with it, but uh, oh, yeah. it was fun being out there and I, I appreciate you having me out here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Ryan Callahan, the terrific New York Ranger, Tampa Bay Lightning through the years, playoff appearances, Stanley Cup runs, and uh, captain of the New York Rangers, won a silver medal in 2010 for Team USA in that epic Vancouver run, of course. What a career for Ryan Callahan, the Rochester native. And make sure you do donate to the Ryan Callahan Foundation. Terrific cause there as well. I'm Mike Lindsley, ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms. Brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Empower Federal Credit Union, Camilla's Golf Club, and our great friends at Rosie's Corner. Pizza, pasta, hot and cold subs, and more. If you're in and around Central New York, go get it. Now, Grubhub is available. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and be on the lookout for themed food days as well, like Meatloaf Monday and Fish Friday. Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And a tip of the cap, thank you as well to Sit Means Sit Syracuse and our good friends at Welch and Company Jewelers. Philip Jordan, Ryan Callahan, fantastic one-two punch for guests on this podcast, all a part of the Brawl Network. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, and the network at Network Brawl, all on Twitter, all social media platforms. You know the deal. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.